Listener Production. Your Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Friday, the 18th of June. The number of COVID exposure sites continues to grow across Sydney as it's revealed health authorities are now dealing with the highly contagious Delta variant. Three COVID cases have now been detected, including a man in his 60s who works as a limousine driver transporting international flight crews, his wife and also another woman in her 70s who visited a cafe in Sydney's east at the same time as the infected man. Epidemiologist Professor Tony Blakely has told TEN this particular strain of the virus is extremely concerning. When we pivot to Delta, which has twice as infectious, we only see that contact tracing working about half or a bit more times. So I hope that New South Wales gets on top of this contact tracing and all power to their contact tracing workforce. Police have now launched an investigation into whether the limo driver at the centre of the new outbreak had breached health orders, including whether he was wearing a mask and complying with daily saliva testing. New South Wales Health Minister Brad Hazard has told the ABC there are protocols in place. It would appear that uh, he may have had the saliva test, but of course uh, they also then promote them into uh, having the uh, vaccines as well. It hasn't been mandatory to date. But anyway, we're under, we've announced today that we'll be reviewing that situation because of the current circumstances. Meantime, New South Wales authorities are still trying to confirm if a suspected fourth case of COVID in Sydney's northwest was, in fact, a false positive. Also making news this morning, the federal government has changed its age recommendation for the AstraZeneca vaccine. It comes as the TGA confirmed another 12 cases of rare blood clots were likely linked to the jab. Following new advice from the government's top immunisation panel, Federal Health Minister Greg Hunt yesterday recommended AstraZeneca only be given to Australians over the age of 60. There are reports patients have now been cancelling their AstraZeneca appointments, with Pfizer now the preferred COVID vaccine for Australians under 60. While speaking on the project, Australia's Chief Medical Officer, Professor Paul Kelly, is warning we could see more changes in the future, but has this important message for those concerned about getting their second dose of AstraZeneca. Be alert, but don't be alarmed about this. It is still an extremely rare event and mostly not a serious one. And in other news this morning, Australia's population growth has hit a record low, falling to its slowest rate since World War I. The national population grew by 0.5%, or just over 136,000 last year, as overseas migration ceased because of the global pandemic. Housing Industry Association Chief Economist Tim Reardon says one state in particular saw the biggest decline. Victoria has experienced the worst of the adverse impact of the loss of overseas migration and Victoria has also seen a very significant shift out of Victoria to particularly the southeast corner of Queensland. Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground. And we start in Victoria this morning and more COVID restrictions are easing as the state comes out of its fourth COVID lockdown. From today, the 25-kilometre travel limit will be scrapped for Metro residents and masks are no longer compulsory outside. As James Lake explains from Melbourne, one difference this lockdown is police were less willing to hand out harsh penalties for rule breakers. 
Yeah, that's certainly been the case this time, Tash. We have been spared the daily updates from police keeping a huge tally on Victorians doing the wrong thing with authorities just leaving it to the public to follow the rules. There could be a good reason for the more relaxed approach as well. After 38,000 COVID-related fines were dished out last year and only a quarter of those penalties have now been paid. Police have withdrawn about 2,000 fines after a review. Another 2,000 were taken to court when people disputed them. The rest of the penalties for things like breaking curfew, going more than five kilometres from home or not wearing a face mask now being dealt with by Fines Victoria. And to New South Wales, and a man has been gunned down in the heart of Sydney's CBD. It's believed the victim was a gangland boss and the shooting was a targeted attack. Our reporter Kim Bradish has the latest from Sydney. Yes, Tash, a crime scene has been set up on Bridge Street in the city after a man was shot. He was treated by paramedics last night on the scene about 10.30 and was rushed to St Vincent's Hospital but died a short time later. The area is being forensically examined with police investigating the circumstances surrounding the death while the man is yet to be formally identified. Now for the latest in business and finance news this morning, we're joined by Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. Scott, happy Friday. The Australian economy continues its remarkable recovery with unemployment plunging to 5.1% where it was pre-COVID. Yeah, Tash, good morning. It's really nice doing the business and finance news at the moment because the news tends to be very good. The recovery remains, as you say, on track. 5.1% only, what? 12 months after the worst of the lockdowns, it is a genuinely remarkable recovery. The world is recovering. Australia is recovering faster, quite honestly. And this is just really great news for businesses, for people who were out of work or who are looking for work. Still plenty to be done, as we always say. People, Plenty of people underemployed or that 5.1% who do want work. So we're not there just yet. But better than anyone could have imagined or forecast or predicted only 12 months ago. And as you say, back to pre-COVID levels, which is kind of the marker, right? Anyone can grow after such a massive decline in GDP in the last, in the second quarter of, of last year. When you get back to those pre-COVID levels, that's how we know we're back on track. The downside of such an extraordinary recovery, of course, is inflation. Lots of people are concerned about inflation in the US. We've got to keep a close eye on it. Now the US Fed has predicted rate rises in 2023 months ahead of the RBA. Yeah, that's right. And so there's no free lunch in economics, unfortunately. The good thing about the economy recovering, of course, is plenty of people in work, businesses growing. The downside is that rates, well, don't forget, they are at emergency lows. We know that. Now, if you're paying off a massive mortgage, it doesn't feel like emergency lows, but they are. Um, the US Fed overnight yesterday basically said, look, two rate rises by 2023. Our bond market, looking at the economic recovery here and the Fed, saying, no, no, we think Australia might go as early, believe it or not, as September 2022. So while the RBA is talking three and a half years away, the bond market saying it might be just over a year. Now, it will only be a small rise if and when it does come, but it does show that there is definitely some difference of opinion amongst the bond markets, RBA, everybody, about when those rate rises might come. And the best advice is probably just to be prepared because when they do come, you're going to have to pay more for the mortgage. On the flip side, if you're a saver, hopefully you're going to earn a little bit more interest. Yeah. And super is on track, Scott, for the best result in almost a quarter of a century. Since 1997, Tash. And again, speak of a recovery, if you'd said to someone, look, the financial year about to end in about 
what, 12 days from now, about nine business days, might be the best number since before the dot-com boom and crash. It's just a remarkable turnaround. I, I, I haven't got enough uh, superlatives to describe the, the recovery <laughs> in the economy at the moment. But yeah, more than 20% is potentially on offer for some funds. At the end of May, the average super fund was up 19.8%. This month's been good so far. Now, no one knows what happens in the next you know, 12 days in the markets and in property. But if the strength continues, the best results in almost 25 years. Great report as always. Thanks so much, Scott. Thanks, Tash. Time for Sport Now with Dave Dolan. And Dave, it's been a big night at the AFL Tribunal where Crows veteran David McKay has been cleared of rough conduct. That's right, Tash. It was the bump that divided the footy world, really. And the ruling last night had the potential to change the way AFL is played forever. After a three-hour hearing, the tribunal found McKay acted reasonably when he collided with young Saints player Hunter Clark. That collision left Clark with a broken jaw. McKay arguing the contact was part of a contest and he simply approached the ball the way he's trained for over 15 years. Now to the NRL and things are going from bad to worse for the Broncos after a big loss last night to the Bunnies, Dave. Yeah, the 46-0 defeat at Suncorp Stadium is Brisbane's worst ever loss to South Sydney and now a clean-out at the club is on the cards. Big money forward Tavita Pangai Jr. is already being shopped around by Brisbane. That news broke just before kickoff. And the back rower has told Nine he's not sure where his future lies. I thought I was on contract, but contracts don't mean much these days. So, uh, yeah, I just uh, got a copper on the chin and uh, get my manager to do his job. Now, so far, the West Tigers have shown interest in signing him, and that's where he'll probably end up, while coach Kevin Walters has confirmed a major review of the entire club is underway. So, yeah, tough times at Brisbane. And Dave, the Aussie swimmers have done so well in the trials. Sensational effort from so many. And after our 35-strong swimming team for Tokyo has been locked in now that the trials have wrapped up in Adelaide. Yep, that's right. So all the spots on the plane to Tokyo snapped up. Everyone's ready to go. Emma McKeon claimed her third win of the trials, taking out the 50 freestyle ahead of Kate Campbell. Uh, there was a lot of attention on former pop singer Cody Simpson, who just missed out on an Olympics debut. He finished last in the 100 butterfly final. Still good effort to make it. Uh, but Cody says he's already gone further than expected. Already made what I think are probably friends for life already in some of my training partners and come so much further already than I uh, than I'd expected. Like I didn't even think I'd be remotely competitive until at least next year at the earliest. That audio on Amazon Prime. And in a feel-good story, Tash, Aussie selectors ended up picking breaststroker Matt Wilson, who just missed the qualifying time. He broke down in tears after falling short. He was pretty emotional. But it then emerged that his grandmother had just passed away, so officials have decided to include him in the team. Oh, that's lovely. A feel-good Friday story. Dave, yes. thanks so much. Thanks, Tash. Prince Edward's wife, Sophie, has broken down in tears during an emotional interview with the BBC, admitting the death of Prince Philip has left a giant-sized hole in their lives. Sophie, the Countess of Wessex, getting emotional, speaking about a trip her family had recently taken to Scotland, visiting the same place where she'd taken an iconic photo of Philip and the Queen together. Um, and we went up there um, during half-term. You OK? Hmm. And just to be there in that place was an oh my god moment. Um, so I think they'll come and go. But you have to 
<laughs> let them come and let them go. But just talking to you now, it's a, it's a bit of an oh-my-goodness moment. Prince Philip died in April at the age of 99. And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda. In your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning, you can also find the latest episode and a whole new world of audio by downloading the new Listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Happy Friday. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. And we look forward to seeing you bright and early on Monday. Listener.